0: Good morning. You guys have your Bibles this morning. Let's go to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah will be right past the Proverbs. So most of us know where Psalms is in the book of Proverbs, but. Need to learn these prophets as well. Isaiah 38, and we're going to be reading verses 14 through 18. Could I share a little testimony this morning? What I'm about to share with you, you probably, possibly not believe. But I will. I will put my hand on the Bible, and I will tell you that this is true. Without any doubt in my heart, if this is a lie, I'll just quit preaching altogether. But I'm telling you, this is the truth. Last Sunday, I saw a miracle. A miracle is something that man cannot do do in his own strength. It's impossible. Everybody says it's impossible. Miracles cannot accomplish, be accomplished by any human being, and I saw one. I haven't seen many in my walk with God. I may have seen a, a several, maybe two or three, but mainly to, to people that I've prayed for needing healing or whatever. Sunday my last Sunday my brother Jeff y'all were praying for him when he was kind of disappeared a few days ago he kind of does that just disappears but he said "Uh, can you take me to Walmart to give me some handles for my bicycle I said well yeah, yeah well let's go let's go get you some handles and so we we got there in the bicycle department and he's admiring all the new bicycles. I'm saying, Lord, I can't afford a new bicycle. But he said, I, I really like these tires. I need, some, I need a new tire for my bicycle. I said, well, get you one. I'll, I'll take care of that. I said, make sure you get the right size now. He said, okay. And we took that bicycle tire home. And that thing, now I've done bicycles ever since I was a kid. I mean, I really worked on bicycles. I know how to do all that stuff real well. But this tire was huge. It would not fit on the rim. It was swallowing it. It was way too big. And he had that determination in his eye that he was going to get that tire on that little rim and it wasn't going to work. And so in my grace, I was just gonna help him, you know, go through the motions. I'm thinking to myself, this will never work. This bicycle tire is huge. It fit on a truck. But little did I know was what God was about to do. And I said, Lord, would you help us with this tire? And all of a sudden, that bicycle tire in front of my eyes began to shrink. And it shrunk down on that rim so small that I could hardly even get it on. Have you ever seen shrink wrap before? It just it just sunk in, and and, and so Jeff went to hollering, and I hollered. Kristen and Mom comes running to the garage. They thought we were in a fight. I said, "No, we're we're out here praising God." I said, "God just did a miracle on this bicycle tire." Now, is that not crazy? But God is good. Hallelujah. (laughs) Isaiah 38, please stand for the reading of God's Word and find your place in that 14th verse. Y'all believe that this morning? You know, when you need a video camera to take place, it's never... He's not going to do a miracle when you got your phone out. But I saw it. And I'll never will forget it. Mama said, "You'll never quit talking about this, will you?" I said, "No. I'll take this with me to the grave and in heaven. Jesus can shrink tires. Maybe if you're about ready to retire, you may need to retire. <laughs> Think about that for a minute. Retire, get new tires. Okay, I'm through up here. Isaiah 38." Verse 14 through 18, if you have your place, please say amen. Isaiah says, I cried like a swift or thrush. I moaned like a mourning dove, and my eyes grew weak as I looked to the heavens. I am being threatened, Lord, come to my aid. Now, from this point on, you got to understand, it's 15, verse 15, he, is, he begins speaking to God. And, and in other words, he's, this is God in this text. He says, but, but what can I say? Then he says, he has spoken to me, and he himself has done this. I will walk humbly all my years because of this anguish in my soul. Verse 16, the Lord, by such things people live and my spirit finds life in them too. You restored me to health and let me live. Verse 17, surely it was for my benefit that I suffered such anguish in your love. You kept me from the pit of destruction and you have put all my sins behind your back. For the grave cannot praise you, and death cannot sing your praise. And those who go down to the pit cannot hope for your faithfulness. Let us pray. Oh God, I know that this text this morning is a little overwhelming. It's almost hard to grasp. But Lord, you are a mysterious God. And Lord, your ways are not our ways, neither are your thoughts our thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are your ways higher than my ways and your thoughts higher than my thoughts. Lord, I just pray this morning that you'll give me the revelation knowledge, not only to speak your word, but to live your word. God, I speak life and blessings over your people today. Give them eyes to see and ears to hear, and a mind and a heart to conceive and receive the word from you today. And may the Holy Spirit move upon each and every soul in this building. And Lord, I thank you for the testimony of those individuals today who have sent me a thank you for the messages. And I say thank you personally for listening to me wherever you may be. And Lord, I just praise you now in the mighty name of Jesus and God's people said amen. And amen. You may be seated. Now this morning we're going to be looking into some very deep, very difficult words spoken and recorded by Isaiah the prophet, the man of God. But Isaiah has drawn for us some very unique pictures. And I'm going to try to reveal these pictures to you so you can see what he's talking about. one of these pictures is is a picture of himself going through suffering and trials and tribulations, but it's also also a very prophetic picture of of you and I, who too will suffer in this world. Now, you may not be suffering today, and you may have just came out of a, a season of suffering, but you may be walking out today to the doorway of suffering. It may be right there before you, or it may be coming in the future, but nevertheless, one day, as men and women of God, you are going to come to a season of suffering. Are you with me so far? And so, it's kind of like the Bible. Some of it's really hard to understand, For example, like the book of Revelation, because the man of God has spoken of things that you're not sure what time frame it's in. See, some of the Bible is in the past, while while some is is, is right now, while the other part is in the future. And, And so sometimes we struggle because we're not sure if we're talking about today or yesterday or tomorrow. But understand that all of God's word is perfect, and his timing is perfect. But I want to read you something before we get to verse 17, because verse 17 is where we're going to mainly focus on this morning. But I want to read this to you because Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 11 and 1, you may want to write that down. You may want to memorize the scripture, 1 Corinthians 11 and 1, because this is the the verse that I, I used that God laid on my heart to start this church. First Corinthians 11, 1, Paul says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Isaiah speaks of the suffering of Jesus in Isaiah 53 and 3. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering, and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and he was held in low esteem. Isaiah 53 and 5, we know that, that he was wounded for our transgression, and he was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we're healed. 53 and 7, he was oppressed and afflicted, Yet he did not open his mouth. Everybody said he kept quiet. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter and a sheep before his shears is silent. So he did not open his mouth. This is going to be a key today. When you're going through it, and you are, and you will, and you might have already just left it. The key to victory is this, to shut up turn to your and say self sometimes you just need to shut up amen but look at verse 17 very important surely it was for my benefit <laughs> that I suffered such anguish today's message is simply entitled surely it was for my benefit that I suffered won't you turn to your neighbor? and neighbor please understand you're not alone in your suffering today but understand as hard as it may be it is still for your benefit I like what James says James begins to discuss in his book the benefit of suffering are y'all with me so far if you're here today, I can promise you suffering is on the way or suffering is just behind you, or you may be fixing to step into it. James 1, 2 through 4. James says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kind. Because, you know, the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work. So that you may be complete and mature. You see God is in the process, you in the process of bringing you to full maturity. He's trying to bring you to the place of being completed in your faith. Right now you, you think you're there, but you're not there. You're in the process. And some of you have been praying, oh, Lord, make me a woman of God. Lord, make me a great man of God. Let me just say this. Please don't pray that. Please don't pray for God to make you a great man of God. Because you're not really asking, you're not really seeing what you're asking. Because, in order to get you from point A to point B, from here to there, to get there, that's what you got to worry about. Because to be a great man of God doesn't just happen, it, it, there's a process. It's like being put into the pressure cooker. Come on, amen. In order to get my heart tender, I'm going to have to turn up the the heat. And I'm just going to sit there and and bubble and boil. Come on, amen. But I want to be a great man of God, I want to be a woman of God. Philippians 1 and 6, Paul says, Being confident of this, that, that he who began a good work in you will carry it unto completion. Now what's interesting, in the very beginning of our text, we, we find that Isaiah, he, he begins to talk about three different types of birds. And, and the Holy Spirit began to reveal to me that each, song, each bird had his own different song to sing. Now, we may not be familiar with the swift or the thrush, but there ain't a soul in this room today that does not know the song of a dove, a lonesome dove. We all have sit on our porch, and we all have seen that dove land on that power line by your house. I can't do a dove, but if I could, you know what it sounds like. And he, he has a, a sad song it's he's lonesome sounding and he's crying out a song but but you got to understand that God didn't just throw in these birds can you got the picture of the dove you got him and 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 you got to understand that that God created this bird to have a song And, and that song means something and when I see this song And I hear this song, and I see this bird. I realize that that God said in his word in the book of Genesis 2.18, he said, it's not good for man to be alone. So I will make him a helper suitable for him. And and I know you're thinking, oh, God's going to give me that woman. No, no, no. He ain't talking about no woman right here. He's talking about the helper, the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, I'm going to send you a helper, someone who will help you, walk with you, talk with you. You ain't alone. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Come on, amen. Jesus said that the thief, he comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Oh, hallelujah. So when you start your sad song like a dove and you're cooing and understand that you're not alone. Are you with me so far? Isaiah 41 and 10, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will help you and strengthen you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. We come to the second little bird. You didn't know we're going to be looking at birds today, bird watchers. We come to a bird called the swift. Now, we don't know what the swift is. I don't think we've seen a swift. But here's a swift, but what's interesting, my picture's not too good, but but a swift is interesting because the swift is, is not known for his song. The Swift is known for his flying ability. He's like these fighter jets in the Air Force. Here, there, quick, quick, moving about, great maneuverability. But but his song, it, it's it's real high, intenty, it's screechy. I can't do it, but but it's terrible. It, it's not even good to the ears. And, and, and so, what, what God was showing me that, that even through his irritating song, like Nails on the Chalkboard, come on, amen. That song is telling us, that bird's song is telling us something that, that this is what it sounds like to God when we're arguing and complaining about what we're going through. See, Paul, he writes down in, in the book of Philippians. Two fourteen and 15, he says to do everything without arguing or complaining so that you may become pure, blameless children of God without fault in a crooked and perverse generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. Ooh, glory. Then we come to the thrush. Do y'all know the thrush? I never knew him till this week. But the thrush is, is, is very much like our mockingbird. We know the mockingbird. But the thrush, is, his song is not the same. He opens his beak and he begins to repeat the songs that he's heard from other birds. I'm going somewhere with this. You may not be getting this, but I'm going somewhere. And, and he's repeating things that he's heard over and over. And, and he's not bringing a song from his heart. He's just bringing a song from his memory. Preaching better than you're letting on. Come on, amen. And so what this is showing me that, 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 that this is the individual who, who's saying, I'm walking with God, but, but I have no stability. And I'm just bouncing from here to there and I'm, I'm just repeating what I saw but I'm not being original. I need to be the one that, that God created me to be. I don't need to repeat a sermon that someone else has preached. I need to be Kip Brockway. I don't need to be Billy Graham or whoever else. I have to be the preacher I am because my song is not like their preach. And their preach is not like mine, obvious. And sometimes the hotter I preach, the thinner the crowd gets. But I keep singing my ugly song. Rah! Come on, amen. <laughs> amen. And, and so James, he tells us in four and eight he says, listen, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you wash your hands you sinners and purify your hearts you double-minded he also says that a, a double-minded man is unstable in all that he does you, you, when you walk with god you you can't just bounce around you have to be steady and steadfast, focused because we have an enemy who's all about distraction have you ever been distracted and lost your train of thought? I'm going to the bathroom for something. Why am I in here? And he he can get our minds off of what we're thinking about that quick. I knew I left the keys somewhere. You walked in, you put them where you always put them, but some reason I can't remember. You've been distracted. God gives you a certain scripture at church, you're like, yes, this is for me. You walk out, what was it? Where, was it in James? Was it in John? Romans? I, oh, distracted. Get you a pencil and paper and write it down. Jesus said in Matthew seven twenty six and twenty seven. But everyone who hears these words of mine and do not put them in practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. He's saying, listen, don't just be hearers of the word, but be ye doers of the word. But he also has drawn for us three pictures, images of suffering, of our pain, our deep anguish. It's a portrait of something that we've looked at so many times in the past. We've seen these pictures through through death, through lies, through persecution, through abandonment, and through gossip, and whatever else the enemy can throw at us. There's not a soul in this room that has not looked at the picture of pain. Everybody has a story. I was telling my son. God will let you go through all this for a reason. So you have something to tell somebody. Someone said your test is just part of your testimony. Come on, amen. But all these ugly pictures in life all began in Genesis chapter 3. And we see the first... Picture of the ugly face of this thing that we're looking at today in Genesis 3 8 through 11. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden but the Lord called to the man, Where are you? I'm hearing in my spirit right now, the Holy Spirit is asking you today, Where are you? Are you hiding? the things of this world? Did, did, did the rain cause you to miss church? Was it at the Super Bowl? It's five o'clock. Where are you? What is so important that you miss a word from God? I need it. You don't just need this word today. I need it. I need to hear about those birds. Because I don't want to argue or complain. I don't want to just repeat someone's sermon. I want to be me. Because at this point of Genesis, this is where mankind separated himself. God didn't separate himself. They separated himself. They poured away. They poured away from the creator, from their God, from their first love by their choice, by their disobedience, by refusing to heed to his instructions, his warning, and his first command. It was simple. Don't eat from this tree. Woo! You tell a human being don't do it, they're going to try to look into that. Genesis 2, 16 and 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free. Everybody said, I was free. I was free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will certainly die. Jesus said, if you don't cry out, the stones will cry out. You want to go deep right quick? Take a deep breath. We're going to go down. Here we go. Every time you step into a cemetery, every stone is crying out. What are they crying out? That we chose death in the beginning. You will surely die. And from that point of time, mankind began to die a little at a time. You can't live without Jesus. You can't live without God. He is the way, the truth, and the life. But listen to this. Romans 5 19. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. Righteous. He put us back in right standing with God. He took our failures. He took our mistakes. And he took it upon himself. The suffering servant. So that we could be free. That's a good God. Hallelujah. But what you might not see. Through your choices of disobedience today. Is the tears that you're causing to fall from the eyes of God. Have you ever thought about you personally could be making God cry? We see his tears in Genesis 6, 5, and 6. The Lord God saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become and that every inclination of his thoughts were only evil all the time and the Lord was grieved that he made man, and his heart was filled with pain. Noah built an ark. I'm finna end this place. He's coming back, y'all. He's coming back, y'all. He's not coming back as a little gentle lamb. He's coming back as the lion from the tribe of Judah. And he's coming out with a two-edged sword. And he's going to pierce the hearts of every man and woman who denied him. He's going to bring it. I want to be on the other side of the knife. Come on, amen. My back will show you. I don't like scars. I don't, I don't want to go through no cutting, especially when he starts cutting in the heart. Ooh, glory. So Isaiah, he begins to be real with the people. He begins to show that I'm a true man of God because he begins to share his testimony of his own personal struggles, his own suffering, his own trials, his own tribulations. Let me just say this as clear as I can. Don't be ashamed of what you're going through today or tomorrow or next year. Don't be ashamed. Because people will point at you. You must be doing something wrong to go through this. It may be happening because you're doing something right. You see, cancer, whatever it may be, it, it doesn't just choose you if you're good or bad. It just, it just happens. But God allows us to go through it because he wants to give us the testimony. Revelations twelve eleven. I know I'm boring you guys, but stay with me. So you got to realize I had a sermon, I had a counseling meeting, and I had a sermon to prepare this week. So I figured, well, I'm going to really struggle today. Revelation 12, 11, and they overcame him. That's the devil, little h. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their life so much as to shrink back from death. In other words, like Jeremiah said, his word is inside of me like a fire. A fire shut up in my bones. I'm weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. A fire shut up in my bones. Are you listening? And I wonder sometimes, why is it that even today there's a preacher He's going to stand up in front of his whole entire congregation and begin to lie to them. Oh, if you'll just come down and give your life to Jesus, everything will be perfect and great. No, it won't. You're going to be perfect and great on the inside, but the moment you take the hand of Jesus, the storms begin. And they just keep rolling in over and over. And you're saying, Lord, stand on the ship and say, peace be still. He's going to sleep off on a pillow. I'm doing this for a reason. I got some growth to take place. Remember you, what you said three years ago? Oh, Lord, I want to be a great man of God. I want to be a great woman of God. The process has begun. I don't want to be the same as I was just today. Okay. The heat is turned up. And when you think you can't take no more, he cranks it up a little more. And you say, I'm about to fall apart at the seams. He's like, perfect. Because once you come apart, I'm going to put you back together. And when I put you back together, you're going to be like a sweet piece of leather. Come on, Amen. You're going to be really ready for what life has for you. But you cannot go through the storms in weakness. You have to be molded and made by the hand of God. He's got to take you and shape you, cut off the things in your life that you do not need. But once he's cut it off and he's got you in his hand, you're on the wheel, you're spinning out of control. He says, now I can work with you. Because when I get through this vessel, it will hold water, my water, living water. And I can take this vessel that can hold water now because it was a leaky vessel. But now I can hold water. Now I can use this vessel to pour into other people's lives. Are you with me so far? So the storms keep coming, and bigger and bigger they come. Peter tells us this, First Peter 4 and 12. Dear, dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trials you're suffering as though something strange was happening to you. 1 Peter 4, 16. However, as a Christian, do not be ashamed. But praise God that you bear that name. I'm not getting many amens today because I know you're thinking, oh, snap. Solomon says in Proverbs 3, 25 and 26, have no fear, a sudden disaster or the ruin that overtakes the wicked. For the Lord will be your confidence and he will keep your foot from being snared your confidence is in god through the storm you see when you're going through the storm he doesn't want you to reach for the bank or the pharmacy or this the doctor or or whatever the, the psychiatrist no when you're going through the storm reach for the hand of god because it's in the storm that you can understand that without Christ I have no hope, I have no life I have no way, I have no truth I am no way, I'm going to get there without holding on to the king when I get hold of him my security is set in stone he is the stone that the builders rejected The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but for those who are being saved, it's the power of God. I'm hanging on to the cross. I'm letting go of the flesh. I'm letting go of this and that, because all that matters in this life is life, and that life is Jesus. Verse 14, the second part. My eyes grew weak as I looked to the heavens. How many times over the years have you prayed, and you prayed, and you prayed to God, but it appears he is silent from heaven? Question. Could it be, could it be that maybe he's not answering you because you didn't answer him? I know you hate me now, but that's okay. Zechariah 713. When I called, they did not listen. So when they called, I would not listen. Holy Spirit, do you hear the phone ringing? No. (laughs) Who's calling me now? Oh, get with him later. He's still in the boiling pot. He's still cooking. Besides, I called him years ago to help me to do something. He said, I'm too busy. On ignoring him. You're gonna get yourself with your back up against the wall and you're gonna need some help. So I asked for help, but you didn't want to give me now, so I'll let you serve me. I'll let you choose the gods you're chosen. Let them serve you. <laughs> Come on, amen. Pastor being hot up here. Or could it be that maybe. That this, we, we can learn a lesson from this younger generation who are trying to raise children and when that child does not get his way the child begins to cry, scream and throw a tantrum at Walmart and instead of the parent doing what he's supposed to do get hold of that child by his hair I'm sorry, by his ear and bring some attention to his breeches. That means his pants. If he does not get hold of that child, that child will keep screaming. And so they they, they subdue themselves to the screams by, by giving the child what they desire. Hmm. God says, when whoever spares a rod. He hates the child, but whoever loves him is careful to discipline them. I know you're just Grammy, but sometimes Grammy got to bring out the switch. I don't think kids know what a switch is. Y'all remember they said, you need to go pick you out a switch and bring that to me. I'm like, well, if I bring it too big, it's going to knock me smooth out. If I get too small, it's going to really sting what switch do I pick? Ha! <laughs> Woo! Because <laughs> either way, I'm going to get some webs on them leg. Child abuse. We need some child abuse, I guess. We need some bridges tore up in this country. You know, we brought up the American way where you saw red, white, and blue and some stars. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. <laughs> And see what they missed the that they didn't come. Romans 12, 9 through 11, the Bible says, Moreover, we all have had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of our spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness verse 11 no listen no discipline seemed pleasant at the time but painful later on however it produces a harvestness of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it oh God Make made me holy. Okay. <laughs> Your wish is my command. Mm. See, David, he writes that God was not slow on discipline. Psalms 118 and 18. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Here's where I want to close. Can I finish this? Where's Skip at? Skip, can I finish this? Oh, yeah. Verse 17, Surely it was for my benefit that I suffer such anguish. In your love, you kept me from the pit of destruction and put all my sins behind your back. For death cannot praise you. In the grave cannot sing your praise. And those who go down to the pit cannot hope for your faithfulness. Verse 18, for the grave cannot praise you, death cannot sing your praise, and those who go down to the pit cannot hope for your faithfulness. And so Isaiah, he's gotten himself in the right state of mind because he's understanding that just compare yourself, what you're going through now, to the alternative if you refuse Christ. Because no matter what you're going through in life today does not compare to what will happen in the end if you reject God and his word. Matthew 10 and 28, Jesus says, Do not be afraid of those that can destroy the body but cannot destroy the soul. Rather be afraid of the one that can destroy both body and soul in hell. 2 Thessalonians 1.8.9. He will punish those who do not know God and those who do not obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He will punish them with everlasting destruction, and they'll be shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of his power. Romans 2 and 8, Paul said, but for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. Matthew 5 and 29, Matthew 5 and 30. He said, if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out, throw it away. It's better to lose one eye than for you to enter into hell, basically. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It's better to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Matthew 13, 49 and 50. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and they'll separate the wicked from the righteous and they will throw them into the fiery furnace where they will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Job said, for hell is naked before him and destruction has no covering. John the Revelation. John the Revelator, Revelations 21 and 8. He says, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murder, the sexual immoral, and those who practice magic arts, the idolatry, and all liars will have their place in the lake of fire and suffer. This is a second death. The preacher said years ago, if a man is only born once, he'll die twice. But if he's born twice, he'll only have to die once. And I'm saying this because we have to take our discipline because we asked for it. You're going through what you're going through because that's what you wanted. Everybody say, Thank you, Jesus. This morning, water was coming into my prayer room. I'm like, Whoa, thank you, Jesus. Please don't get on my trums. I'm serious. I thought it was time to build the ark. Ark 2. But the problem with that is I couldn't get the permit. It wouldn't pass qualifications. Psalms four, eighty-four, and 10, I'll close with this. David said, Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God and that dwell in the tents of the wicked. Let's all stand. So you're sitting on your wire and you're cooing, you're hooing, you're lonesome. (laughs) Or you're crying out to God, you sound all screechy and whiny. Come on, amen. Or you're just repeating another song you've heard before. Come on, amen. Or you can say, you know what? This is for my benefit. I'm suffering because God is giving me the desires of my heart. I'm so excited about suffering today. Because when I suffer, I'm reflecting my king who suffered as well. But if I'm never going through anything, then I may need to say, you know what, maybe I'm going in the wrong direction. Because as long as you're going with God and you're following his ways, the world will hate your guts. Count it all joy. I bear the name of Jesus. I may not have a dime in my bank account, that's fine, I got Jesus. My back back is made out of steel and metal, that's okay, I got Jesus. I can hardly walk sometime, that's okay, I got Jesus. I may be struggling and breathing today, but that's okay, I got Jesus. I, 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 I may not can pay my bills this week, that's okay, I still got Jesus. I may not have a friend in the world, but listen, I have one who sticks closer than a brother. I may have lost the love of my life, but that's okay. I have a king who loves me for eternity. Come on, amen. Quit looking at the problem and look to the answer. Like Mick Jagger said, you can't always get what you want. But if you try sometime, you get what you need. (laughs) Oh, Mick, let's close in prayer. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for these people. And Lord, let us learn from the songbird. Yesterday, Lord, we saw a video of of the hummingbird, and I was thinking that my wife was just, she's the hummingbird lady, Father. And she loves the hummingbird, and I was thinking about You made that little special bird maybe just for her. In in certain things in life, we we get our focus on the pain and suffering, but we forget the beauty of your creation. Lord, if we can't find any happiness, just let us look at the beautiful clouds you gave us. Or just let us look at the, the, the sunset or whatever it may be that you've given us, Lord. Let us focus on the good things. Finally, my brother, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything's excellent or praiseworthy, think on such things. Lord, help us to think on such things. Because it took Isaiah a while to get to the understanding that God allowed this to happen to him so he could become who he desired to be. We thank you for your lesson, Lord. We praise you in Jesus' name. And God's people said amen. Amen. You guys have a blessed week.